One of the other stories yesterday was DJ, I call him ukulele, whatever it is. Uh, he's with Oregon State now. He left Clemson. They won. Oregon State won their game. He looked okay. But Big Dave, ukulele, is, he put out a tweet. I get it that you're against the portal and you dislike NIL, but that's how you you and how you feel. Your obligation is to the athletes what fits what best fits the success of the program. He was talking to Dabo Sweeney. Who said that? DJ Ugalele's father. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that was a story Josh Pate talked about it on his show, Late Kick with Josh Pate, and he's joining us right now here. Late Kick Josh at Late Kick Josh on Twitter with us here this morning once again. Brought to you by Damaris Barbecue here on ESPN 97.5 and 925. Josh, welcome back to the show. How are you? I'm good, gentlemen. Did I hear us talking about Clemson there? Is that yeah, what I, heard? I, I was just watching your take on Dabo and how he's got to change his ways, doesn't he? Yeah, actually, right before I came on air, I was going back and forth with one of my buddies because one of my buddies hit me up, who's a big Clemson guy, and said, you're overreacting to the Duke loss. That's not a program issue. That was just lack of execution. And sometimes people do that. I don't think I'm doing that. And so what I told him is the same thing I'll tell you guys. We can talk about it. I almost wish, selfishly, Clemson wouldn't have turned the ball over and people could see that even if they executed, that's still a dogfight against a pretty good Duke team, but a Duke team that you should outman by a wide margin because then it wouldn't sound so reactionary. Uh, the fact is they're not special at receiver. They hadn't been in a few years. Uh, their overall roster talent, while it is better than 90% of the sport, is not nearly as special as it could be uh, because they are voluntarily ignoring one of the talent acquisition mechanisms that is provided to you in modern-day college football. And I guess where I differ from a lot of people is I hear a lot of people just hate on Dabo Swinney and they make fun of him for taking a – you know, a principled stance against the portal and whatnot. I don't mind if that's your stance. I do not mind if those are your values and, and your belief system. But I think if that's the stance you maintain, even after there are glaring examples that people are catching up to you or passing you by and you're letting it happen, you got to either evolve radically or you got to get out of the lane and let someone else do this thing because the sport is not – the same sport that you succeeded in just a few years ago. In other words, that 1.0 version of Dabo at Clemson, that will not reach the standard that he set for them there anymore. I don't believe that, especially when you got Norvell doing what he's doing. Other coaches will do it. If, if Mario doesn't get it right at Miami, they'll get someone who gets it right. Uh, the Virginia schools, while they're terrible right now, will eventually figure it out and get it right. Uh, North Carolina will eventually get it right. You're, you're not going to move. Everyone else around you is going to move. And so that's how I see Clemson right now. Hmm. Josh Pay with us here this morning on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Do you agree with Rick Tellender? Wrote a piece today, college football no longer the game we once knew. I, it's, I don't know. I watched a lot of good football. I, I, you know, I know there's a lot of movement, but college football is still college football. Yeah, it is. I always do the same thing. Anytime someone tries to tell me the sky is falling in our sport, I ask them, so I'll use this weekend as an example. So it's, it's Texas versus Alabama. It is late in the third quarter. 
let's say, let's say it's midway through the fourth quarter. So game's on the line. It's 24 to 23 Alabama. And Texas has got a fourth and two at the Bama 38 yard line. And Sark elects to go for it. They're out of timeouts already. And the play clock is seven, six, five. Crowds roaring. Uh, Ewers is trying to check at the line of scrimmage. In that moment right there, no one cares about anything that people point out in articles like that. No one's thinking about NIL. No one's thinking about how the transfer portal is devaluing the commitment of athletes and what they make to the school. Really, no one's even thinking about conference realignment, although I despise conference realignment in a lot of ways. They're thinking about the same things they've always thought about, and that is, wow, this moment on a Saturday in the late summer or fall is awesome. There's nothing like it on planet Earth. And until that changes, until we don't have that anymore, you've still got college football the same way you've always had it at the core. It's what orbits Saturdays in the fall. That's what could use some work. But make no mistake, the nucleus of this sport is every bit as great as it's always been. Yeah, it's just it's different. I think it's different for the coaches behind the scenes. Um, it's different for if you are somebody who's putting who doesn't have time to worry about the changes in college football, you're trying to put together a roster. Those coaches look at it as, hey, we've got a chance to improve certain positions quickly with the portal, and you know we can do it in some cases through NIL or whatever we're calling NIL. But um, it it really is becoming more and more, Josh, like the Premier League, and and I, I know it's international soccer. I'm just calling. I'll just call it Premier League, where. We saw that with LSU. We saw it with Florida State. We're going to pick up this guy, this guy at this position, this position. So your core is still the same in some cases, but you add new players that, you know, out of nowhere, it's it's the new junior college. I mean, Kansas State used to do a bunch of junior college stuff under Schneider. It's kind of what it is now, it feels like. It's only it's coming from our FCS or FBS teams. Yeah. And I think it's really important the way you phrase that there. You know, you may have someone who's either new to our game or doesn't know the history of it or is just young and, and can't know the history because they didn't really live it or they didn't experience it, I guess. And they may think that's a new thing. The big dogs acquiring talent from a tier two or three or four below them is all of a sudden something new. Well, it's not something new. We've changed the semantics, like we've changed the wording. Instead of taking kids from a JUCO, now you're taking them from an FCS or a G5 or something like that. And, uh, look, I've spent considerable time on my show talking about the plight of those smaller schools. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I get it. I understand it. Uh, I'm sympathetic towards it. But I, at the same time, you know, I used to watch during Shark Week what those great whites would do to those seals. And I'm the one who felt bad for the seal. But that doesn't change what's going to happen and the, the natural order of things, and it's not going to change what happens, no matter how bad I feel about Alcorn State. It's not going to change what happens in the natural order of things in this sport. And there's really nothing you're going to do at this point to change it. It's the whole toothpaste back in the tube thing. And so, I, like, the way I always think about it is, okay, from this point moving forward, what parts of this is are palatable? What parts of this can I embrace? What parts that I don't like are changeable? And, you know, which people swing a big enough stick in the room to actually do anything about it. That's the way I choose to look at hey, it. Hey, I'm a draft guy, so you and I will look at things maybe a little bit different. Like, I, I look at quarterbacks. Like, I didn't love Jordan Travis's game. I like the second half. John and I talked about this where Colin Cowher is going crazy about all the quarterbacks. And there's some good quarterbacks in this year's draft potentially, and certainly in college football this year. 
What are your thoughts about the quarterback class in general? Like, do you think it's being overhyped a little bit, or or is it receiving the right amount of hype? Dude, I always think the quarterback classes are overhyped. So you ask me this, it's just an evergreen yes. But I remember last year at the Texas-Bama game, you and I were up there in the press box, and I was telling you how differently I view the sport than you do because I view when these guys go to the draft as the finish line. That's like the edge of the world to me. They walk off that cliff, I never see them again because I never get to watch the Sunday game. I'm always busy on Sundays. And in the draft world, you guys are watching them walk towards you. I'm watching them walk away from me. So when I watch Caleb Williams at USC, I know what everyone says about him. I just love the crazy, you know, acrobatic stuff he's able to do at the college level. And so with Jordan Travis, it's funny you mentioned that because I had to talk with another guy uh, who's, who's sort of, sort of on the more NFL side of the fence, too. And he was telling me, hey, you know, I could pick apart this Jordan Travis game the other night. And I'm like, I'm sure you could. And you'd be my guest. But I'm watching it on Saturday. I'm watching it what well, it happened to be a Monday game but I'm, right. or a Sunday game. But I'm watching it from a Saturday lens. And, brother, that right there is something they hadn't had down there at Florida State mm-hmm. in a few years. And also, look, just to go back to the topic we were just talking about, what they've done with the portal down there is defying a lot of logic. It's defying a lot of historical metrics for what the minimum should be for you to be able to compete at that level. So, yeah, times are changing, man. Josh Pate at Late Kick Josh on Twitter, a must follow for you college football fans. I got a question for you, Josh. What's up, boss? You believe that? You, you, hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe that? <laughs> Do you believe that? Now, Okay, I think Johnny Hodges was right. TCU is a laughing stock defensively. It couldn't have been a better matchup. But do you believe now? Well, I never didn't believe in what was happening out there. I wholeheartedly doubted that they'd be able to beat TCU. So there, I was proven dead wrong, had egg all over my face Saturday. Um, you know, it's interesting because I think there are dual lanes here. There are people like me who exist in both of them. So I, when Dion came in, love that he came in because I'm in the content creation business. So, of course, I love it. But also, I really believed he could defy convention in many ways at Colorado. And the talent acquisition methodology he was using, while we had never seen it before, I actually didn't have a lot of doubt that it would work and it would work quickly. I just doubted that it would work quite this quickly. So I doubted this team. And it's not like a three-point win over TCU all of a sudden paints him in the nine-win category or anything like that. Uh, but I thought they'd get blown out Saturday. So they've already achieved or overachieved in my estimation. I think the next thing to watch, and it really starts this week, is the normal factors that hurt a team, you know, being, being wildly emotionally erratic, uh, the letdown spot, if you will, being inconsistent as a team, that, that's supposed to bite you in a week like this. There's all kind of externals around the game. There's all kind of hype around the game. Uh, your head coach himself really exists out in the external space, at least publicly. So if they come out again Saturday and, and they're ultra-focused and they look like the more prepared team, they look like the better coach team, that'll be just another in a string of just defying conventional wisdom that we've seen from them so far. And, look, I'm telling you right now, I have heard from a lot of coaches about Dion since that game last weekend, and a lot of them dislike what's happening, but it's not because of him. It's nothing personal against him. They hate that he is basically ruining it for everyone else 
who's trying to preach to their AD and their donor class, patience, give me two years. We can't do this overnight. You can't just rely on the portal to solve all your problems. Because <laughs> technically those coaches are right to a 99th percentile, but fans and donors and ADs and university presidents are about to let the 0.1% exception to the rule uh, get them drunk on the idea that anyone could do that. Anyone could go find their Dion. And a lot of coaches know their lives were about to be made a lot more difficult because of Deion yeah. Sanders. Well, it can't be better. I mean, they had TCU's defense last week, and they got Jeff Sims this week, okay? And so he, that is, he's awful. He, that game against Minnesota was one of the worst college football games I think I've seen in a while. It was. It, you thought it, it was, was that bad? Awful. I've seen some bad football games, some bad Big Ten games. I've seen some high-scoring, terrible games. But the quarterback, I, I just, I'm struggling with how Jeff Sims is going to put up enough. I thought I thought Nebraska's defense was really good. I'm really struggling with how Nebraska is going to score enough points to to stay inside the number. For example, they're a three and a half point underdog. How are you going to score enough if you're Nebraska this year? Well, the way you do it is a non-offensive point, which sounds like a joke, but it's real. Um, the one thing I could see, uh, Nebraska's got a decent enough front against this Colorado team to pressure the quarterback and to hopefully, like if I were Nebraska, I would count on that bubble being so full and that confidence being so sky high over there that I can sit back like the old Venus flytrap and I can wait on them to take some risk and maybe take some unnecessary risk and push balls where they shouldn't be pushed. And I'm the beneficiary of it. And I set up Jeff Sims with short fields or I just outright score and I win field position decisively. And that's how I turn it into a, a 22 to 16 kind of game or something like that. Cause you're right. If this thing's played straight up, I mean, I, I think Colorado, not only could they win it, they could end up pulling away. And all of a sudden, people are talking about whether they should be ranked in the top ten or not. <laughs> At Late Kick Josh, Late Kick Podcast, Late Kick Live, CBS Sports 24-7. He's a busy guy, and he does it all for college football. Brought to you by Damaris Barbecue. It's a great place to go and watch your games on Saturday right there at 18th Street and 610. Just a great, great place with all of the television. You can watch all the games there at Damaris Barbecue. Hey, Josh, as always, we appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you again next week. I appreciate it, guys. Now we're talking.